great day. You can feel the anointing in here this morning. Can you sense it? I can sense it. Brother Keith and Brother Mike are at flight school. Yeah. So you run out of things to pray for. It's not like he hadn't, he's just sitting around doing nothing, you know. They go, 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 go. I, when we first got married, I uh, kind of took on the name Phyllis Gomore because it seemed like I was going all the time. <laughs> it seemed like that's all we did was go. You know, we'd, I'd work 60 hours a week, and then we'd catch a flight on Friday nights, and, and we'd be back Sunday morning for the red eye. But now I think we need to figure out a name for Keith Gomore because <laughs> I told him he rambled and goes all the time, you know. So, But uh, they're doing really, really well. So... Uh, so uh, uh, I knew I was going to do this morning, and, and it, it seemed like I was all settled about it, like Wednesday morning, and uh, I kind of got my notes together. I even um, texted the guys the title yesterday, and um, this morning I was putting on my lipstick. Ladies, what part of your makeup do you put on your lipstick? Last. Um, last. Last. And I kind of got a flip-flop on some stuff. So y'all just believe with me. The Lord will have His way in here today. Because, you know, over the last month and a half, or longer than that, I've been waking up in the nighttime at about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. And every time I wake up, this is what the Lord has, has said to me. And it, and it really, in your natural mind, thank you, Lord, okay, got it. Duh. He has said these words to me. Spiritual things are spiritual. That's good, isn't it? What does it mean? Every night. I just wake up out of a dead sleep and I get... Spiritual things are spiritual. Spiritual things are spiritual. And I'll lay there and I'll try to ponder it in my head. You, you can think a million things in your head, but that doesn't mean he said it. Spiritual things are spiritual. Well, just now, he said... That's the scriptures that I gave you. Duh. So we'll read them. You know, Keith's been talking about the last few weeks about, Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So if we prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers, that means there's another part of us. Right? What if there was an athlete or we'll say an athlete, maybe a bodybuilder or something. I don't want to put anybody down because um, people have a tendency to envision things. So I, I want to be real careful about not putting anybody down. But just kind of get an image of something. Say somebody did build up their body and they really, really was really great at bodybuilding and stuff. And they were really, really good at it. And you could tell. They say they were Mr. Universe. But they didn't have the smarts to get in out of the rain or to sit down in the chair. That wouldn't be good for them, right? If they only focused on one part of their life. Or, you know, somebody probably knows more about it than me. I don't know much about it. I'm not very studious. I'll I'll put it that way. Albert Einstein, didn't they say he was brilliant? You know, but he'd forget to eat, he'd go, you know, or, or forget to change clothes or take a bath. You know, I have heard those stories. Anybody else heard those stories about him? He was brilliant, but he, there was natural things that he would forget. Well, God, look with me real quickly at First Thessalonians 5.23. God is not a God that does things partly. He's not a God that, that leaves off part. He, he does things completely. He can do things 100% completely. 
First Thessalonians 5.23 says this, And the very God of peace, God of peace, sanctify you what? Holy. Holy. Completely. Totally. And I pray that your whole, say my whole, my whole. Spirit, spirit, my whole soul, my whole soul. And, my whole body. and my whole body, be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that means that there's three parts of us. That means that we have a whole spirit. That means we have a whole body. And that means we have a whole soul. And I think one of the few times that I talked recently, not long ago, we talked about one outweighing the other one. Is that right? Do y'all remember that? Well, I hadn't got away from that. Spirit and soul and body. What if today... You found out, we were here in church, and I made an announcement that we found out Jesus himself was going to show up here at the church next Sunday. Jesus himself. What would you all plan on doing about the church itself? Jesus himself is showing up. What would you all, would anybody make any different arrangements about the church. Volunteer to get it ready. Get here early. Wouldn't you think we would do a few extra things in preparation to make it look as, as good as we could because Jesus is coming? We would do everything that we knew to make it, the sound would be right, to make sure the mics were right, make sure the lighting was right, make sure everything that we knew to make everything right would be right. right. I mean, I'm not Jesus, you know, it looks good, but I think we would go the extra mile to make sure everything was right, and we had everybody looking good and doing everything that we could do. Wouldn't we do that? I would think we would. I would think, I know I would make sure that that was done. Now, if you wanted to be a part of it, that would be left up to you. But I would think we would do that. What we all know that this building, this part is very important because it's where we all come together. We join together. We fellowship together. The Bible tells us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Why? Because you can minister to this one and this one can minister to you and the fellowshipping of ourselves together can bring unity and joy to the other person and what they're lacking you can help them with and all sorts of reasons why. But look at this verse. 1 Corinthians 3.16 I think you all know these things, but before we get to the other part, I think I need to lay it a little bit down for you. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Know you not that who? Look at your neighbor and say you. 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 Everybody, do it. Uh, just do it. Don't be rebellious. Just do it. Say, look at your neighbor and say, you are the temple of God. Look at your other neighbor and tell him, you are the temple of God. You are the temple of God. And the Spirit of God dwells in you. You're the temple of God. You are, and you are, and you are, and you are, and you are the temple of God. The temple of God. Now, somebody forgot to tell you that this morning when you fixed your hair. People wonder why Keith and I kind of all get up in in an uproar about things, about dressing and looking and and doing. Uh, But if you read the Bible, you'd understand it more. 
Wouldn't take you, it wouldn't take you very long to understand why Keith and I get in an uproar about the way you dress and the way you look. Because if you read the Bible, you'd understand it more. You, it wouldn't be a competition about who's right and who's wrong. Just read your Bible. It's not a us versus them thing. It's a Bible thing. And if you'll read it, you'll find it out. Because you are the temple. And it matters what you look like. More than it matters what the church looks like, it matters what you look like. Since you is the church, the temple, look at your neighbor. Say, you is the temple. And it matters what you look like. It matters if you let yourself go. Because you is the temple. You, not this building represents the Lord. People drive by here and say, that's a nice church. But they should drive by you and say, that's the temple of the Lord. They should recognize you. When they see you, they should sense godliness. Why? Because spiritual things are spiritual. You'll understand it more before we get done. You are the temple. Not this building. Does it matter what you say? Does it matter what you do? Does it matter what you look like? Does it matter how you present yourself? Does it matter what you watch? Does it matter what movies you go to? The other day I was counseling with somebody. I wasn't, I didn't, it just crossed my mind. I was counseling with somebody, a young teenager. And um, I don't watch much TV myself, especially much movies. Now, yesterday, for a few minutes, because... I'll just be totally honest with you. I have gotten nervous when I'm supposed to speak before, so sometimes I have to get my mind off of it. Right. So I watched Anna of Green Gables yesterday. <laughs> have y'all ever seen that show? It's set back in the, what, 30s or something like that, you know? It's not a very uh, modern show, so you know it has no... Violence. It has no uh, language. It has no, their dresses are down to their ground. You know, there's, okay, so anyway, I watched Anna of Green Gables yesterday. But anyway, when I was talking to this young girl, and I'm not judging what you watch, I'm just going to remind you, you are the temple. I was talking to this young teenage girl, and something had happened in her life. Something bad had happened in her life, and nobody could figure out why. It was like a mystery why this had happened. And I was saying, rehearse with me how y'all got to this point. Well, we were watching this movie. Well, what movie? Well, they told me the name of the movie, and we had turned it on one night, and we left it on maybe 30 seconds. And I said, turn that off. I'm not watching that. 30 seconds. I said, turn it off. I'm not watching that. But this teenager, now I'm, I'm not going to tell you, but I'm almost 60 years old. I didn't feel like I should watch it. Why? Because I feel like I am a temple of the Lord. And I feel like I want to be able to hear from God. 
I feel like that's vital to me. And because spiritual things are spiritual. And flesh things are flesh. And they matter. Let's go on. Look with me at 1 Corinthians chapter 2 in the NIV and get your Bible out or look at the screen. I'll do you like we do the youth. There's not a lot of rules that I have, but when we read the Word, I'd like for you to see it for yourself. And we're going to read like the whole, close to the whole chapter on this because it's vital that you see it. And try, if you can, to keep your mind on it for just a minute. It, it'd probably take us two minutes to read it, okay? So try to keep your mind on what it's saying and hook with it. Okay? You're spiritual enough to do it. I know. Okay? All right. It says, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. I might even have you read part of it with me. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you, except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest in human wisdom, but in God's power. God's wisdom revealed by the Spirit. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom. Listen to this part. Among the mature. But not wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom. A mystery that has been hidden. And that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it. For they had not, for they had, and they would not have crucified, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, hath no eye seen, hath no ear heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love Him. Now this is the part I want you to get. Look at it carefully. Verse 10. These are things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God Except the Spirit of God. What we, what we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. So that we may understand what God has freely given us. Here's your verse. Get your marker, mark it down. Put stars around it and stripes around it. This what we speak, not in words taught to us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. Spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. Say that with me. Spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. Spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. Now, you're confused, and I understand that, but listen to the next verse. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them 
because they are discerned only, only, only through the Spirit. How are spiritually things discerned? How are spiritual things discerned? I'm going to say it again. How are spiritual things discerned? By watching fleshly shows. See, our problem today, most people think our biggest problem in the whole world today is fighting the devil in our lives. We've convinced ourselves, if the devil would just leave us alone, we could go farther. We would have more. We would be a greater success. If the devil would just get off our case, if he would just leave us alone, we wouldn't have as many problems in our lives. We would have more victories. We've convinced ourselves of that. But that's not the case. Look with me real quickly and then we'll get back to that at James 1.4. Every man's tempted when he's drawn away, 1.14, of his own, what? Of his own lust and enticed. All the devil has to do to us as a human race is find something that distracts us from serving God. That distracts us from doing what we know we're supposed to do. All he has to do is find something that we like doing better than we like putting our flesh under. That's all he has to do. And he has won your life's battle. And then it no longer is a devil and you thing. It's a flesh and you thing. You're not... The devil is not your TV. That's a flesh in your TV. The devil is not a you and eating... That's a you in eating, a flesh in eating. It's not a devil so much and you looking at things you shouldn't look at or you spending and you shouldn't spend. It's a you being enticed and you yielding to these things. Why? Because God... Okay, let's change gears to what the Lord dealt with me about this morning. After I put... When I was putting on my lipstick. Okay? I didn't know how it meshed, but maybe this is how it does. Okay. God is what we say a master builder. Is he our master builder? God is a master builder. Now, we are the temple of God. We've we've decided that. Look at your neighbor again. Tell him you're the temple of God. Okay. Look at Luke 14. 28 and 29. I think it's King James. For which of you, intending to build a tower, sits not down first and counts the cost, whether he has sufficient to finish it? The next verse. Less happily, he's laid the foundation and he's not able to finish it, and people mock him. Now, what color letters is that in your Bible? What does Keith taught us a long time ago, red letters do? It trumps everything else. This is Jesus talking to us. So which one of you, if you were going to build a church, or you were going to build a temple, or you were going to build something, you wouldn't sit down first and count the cost to do it. That's Jesus talking. Is that not right? If, if God himself is our master builder... Do you not think... Have you ever built a house? Have you ever built anything? 
You know anything about it? What do you have to do first? Foundation. You have to get a plan before you can even do a foundation. Okay, that's right. You have to get a blueprint. You have to get a plan. Is that not right? Do you not think that God has a master plan being a master builder for this universe? Do you not think he does? And do you not think that if he's telling Jesus to tell us that we need to sit down and count the cost up front and first, that he didn't sit down and count the cost up front and first? Before he told each and every person? Look at this. Say, I'm the temple of the Lord. 1 Corinthians 3.8 The man who plants and the man who waters has one purpose. Each will be rewarded according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are his field. If you are his field, you stands right in front of the next part. What's the next part say? You are God's what? You're his temple. You're his building. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder and someone else has built it on it. But each one should be careful how he builds, for no one can lay a foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now look at 1 Peter 2, verse 4. You're going to get it here in a minute. As you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, verse 5. You also, like living stones. So you're living stones in this building that God's building here on this earth. So let's go very back to the front and say this with me. Spiritual things are spiritual. Spiritual things are spiritual. Okay, part of you said it. Read the next sentence with me. And are being built into a spiritual house. Spiritual things are spiritual. God had a master plan. And because spiritual things are spiritual, each person has a spiritual part in his master plan about building out his kingdom. And each person has a part in that. When, how long has it been since any one of you has done anything like, uh, let's say, um, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Three, four hands. Yeah, couple. Spiritual things are spiritual. Now think about it this way. As a master builder, God, just like what Craig was saying earlier, He had a plan for our lives before you knew you were going to exist. And in this plan, say for instance, some of you are not going to like it, but you'll get over it. Um, Say, for instance, each purpose will look at natural things and compare it to the spiritual things. And I think it will help you to understand some things. In building things, we know that this building is not the temple of the Lord. Correct? All right, but we'll use it as an example. Say that a person is a living stone in this building. All right? 
so say, that rich here was a wall. But rich decided he didn't want to be a wall. He wanted to be a light. But he's still a wall. What if he tried to hang from the ceiling up here as a light? Is that going to work? No. So what if we had a light and we had a window and we had plumbing? You know, plumbing is good because things can flow through it. Get to other things. And what if we had, um, y'all name me some other parts here. Uh, Wiring, yeah, that's a good thing. Things flow through wiring too. Oh, and we had a doorknob. People don't like doorknobs. You know, we got a house one time in, in Tulsa. And it was really funny because it was that house that was foreclosed and everything. And we walked through it and it was, it was just a miracle. And the very first thing Brother Hagen said about it, he liked the doorknobs. <laughs> He'd, every time he'd walk through it, he'd tell everybody, every place we would go, he'd tell everybody about that house, and he'd say, you ought to see the doorknobs on that thing. <laughs> like a happy daddy. You know, the doorknobs were great, but they were doorknobs, you know. Okay, so what if the doorknob wanted to be where the light fixture was, and the light fixture wanted to be where the wiring was, and the plumbing was, you know, well, you, or the plumbing where the wiring was, boy, that would be a mess, wouldn't it? <laughs> Or what if the plumbing just didn't want to be plumbing at all and didn't want to show up? That'd be a stinky mess, wouldn't it? Well, it happens all the time in the body of Christ. And even worse than that, when people, when something gets broke, say the doorknob gets broke... And hurt, people throw it out instead of fixing it or helping it. That's not good either. Why don't we know? Why don't we understand? Why don't we perceive? The goodness of our Father God. Because He's a good God. Why don't we get the benefits out of this lifetime? Why does it seem like we just go through the motions every single day and it just seems like nothing is good? We're never fulfilled. We're never really happy. We've just... This is my lot in life. This is what I've got. This is who I am. Why does it seem that way? I hear people talk about God. And I do love Him. I do. And, and I sow. And I give. And I love Him. And I go to church. I'm a Christian. I am. But spiritual things are spiritual. When you become a born-again Christian, your spirit is new unto God. You're alive. Old things are washed away. All things have become new. But you still have that stinking flesh. And you're going to have that flesh till the day you die. It's not going anywhere. And the thing about the flesh is, it is at enmity with God. It is an enemy to God. Look with me at Romans. Let's see here. Romans 8, verse 1. There's therefore now no condemnation 
to them that are in Christ Jesus. Read the next part. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Now, some people today would try to have us believe that you can walk in today and never have any condemnation. And I'm just going to spell it out because of the grace of God. And that's good. Except for when you do something wrong, you know it. When you do something wrong, you know it in your heart. How many of you know when you do something wrong? And these people want to tell you, you don't have to say, Lord, forgive me. Now, they can pretend that except for the fact of when you don't do it, it separates you from God. You don't want to just go to God. You feel pulled away from God because you're embarrassed by it. That's the only problem with that. I mean, that's that's a big problem to me. Grace is the most wonderful thing in the world. I couldn't get up in the morning without grace. But you can't tell me if I miss it. I don't need to tell the Lord, Lord, I'm sorry. If I miss it with Keith and I mess up and I say something stupid, I want to go to him and say, sweetheart, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that that way. Sure, he loves me. He loves me more than anybody in this whole wide world. But I don't want anything between me and him. I want nothing between me and him. Because we have to get up here and flow together all the time. We have to get up here and get things together all the time. We have to minister to people all the time. And we're all the time bouncing things off of each other all the time. And I don't want anything in between us. It's kind of like a circle. Things are going bounce off of him, bounce off of me, bounce off of him, bounce off of me. Well, it's the same way with God. I don't want anything between me and my father. Nothing. If you mess up, you don't need her to tell you you messed up. You know you messed up. You don't need her to tell you you messed up. Or you don't need him to tell you. You know you messed up. Whether they acknowledge you messed up or not, you know you messed up. Whether they see it, they don't see it. Whether they understand it, they don't understand it. What happens? You know it in your spirit. You know it in your heart. So what's the first thing you should do? Lord, I'm sorry. How long does that take? And I know some people say, don't say sorry, but I am sorry. I'm I'm sorry I messed up. I'm not a sorry person. I'm sorry I messed up. There's a difference in the two. I'm sorry I messed up, Lord. It's humbling. It takes a lot for your flesh to do something like that. Because spiritual things are what? And that's a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual thing for you to be mature enough to recognize, I messed up on that. And fix it. It's a spiritual thing to be to know you're the temple of the Lord, and a program comes on your TV, and you go, "That's not spiritual." Now, some things you can watch, and you don't have a check about them. I'm like Brother Hagen used to tell me. I'd be sitting there, and he'd be he would be watching something Christian on the TV, and he'd say, "I'd rather be watching an old western," and he'd change the channel. Why? Why? Because he he had a check in his spirit about it. He had a check in his heart about it. We have got to remember this building is not the temple of the Lord. We have got to remember that we are the temple of the Lord. If Lewis and Joan get out and they go in a restaurant... 
And they say, we want to sit you in the bar. It happens to us continuously because we get out of a service in a strange city and they say, the pastor say, you want to go eat? We say, yeah, but we don't think we want to sit there. We can tell they've done it before because they don't seem to think of it. But the first thing we can see is every camera phone in the city. Do you understand? And besides that, it bothers us. It bothers us. It should bother your spirit. And if it doesn't bother your spirit, you've gotten too far away. You've grown too far away. We are spirit beings. And the way that we know how we are supposed to do things for the Lord and how our life gets fulfilled and how our prayers get answered and the joy comes back into our life and what we're supposed to be doing for the Lord is by hearing from Him. But we only hear from Him through our spirit. We don't hear from Him through our head. And people keep trying and trying and trying to counsel and to talk and to cry and to mourn and to beg, show me. But you don't get it that way. You get it through your spirit. You get it through hearing from God. But you don't, you won't get it if you're spending all your time just doing carnal things. I don't care if all you're doing is watching football 24-7 and God says, hey, take a break from that. Let me ask you a question. I'll tell you the story first, then I'll ask you a question. Remind me, Lewis and Joan, I was going to ask you a question. We had this couple one time. And they were getting a divorce. And we don't counsel people until... People say we don't counsel, but we do counsel when the Lord tells us to counsel. Because, again, you don't have anything to say unless the Lord gives you something to say. Your opinion means stinky nothing. It means this piece of paper that I wrote it on. Nothing. Only the Lord... Only what the Lord says matters. My opinion about your marriage means nothing. Because your marriage is different than my marriage. And I don't know what went on in your household. You're only going to tell me what you want me to know. And you ain't going to tell me all of it. I haven't found that out. You're going to tell me exactly what you want me to know. And you're going to hide the parts you don't want me to know. So I have to get a word of knowledge to know the truth. And unless the Lord gives me a word of knowledge, I ain't going to know. So I ain't going to tell you nothing. Because I'll get me in trouble. And I ain't big on getting in trouble with the Lord. So anyway, on this particular situation, the Lord said, tell them this. We were, Keith and I, we had an afternoon off, a Sunday afternoon off. We had a boat. We were in Branson. We were on the boat. And I walked out. I was downstairs fixing us something to drink. And I walked out to the top. I said, Keith, this is what the Lord just told me about that couple. He said, really? I said, yep. Now, that's the way the Lord pastors. Do you understand that? He don't pastor you sitting counseling in an office. He pastors because you're prayed up and he says, do this. He said, tell them. Now, the lady of this particular household thought she was the spiritual one. She supposedly did all the praying and heard from God all the time. I didn't know that. Well, I kind of did. Yes, I did. (laughs) I'm trying to be nice. Anyway. Anyway. So, the Lord said, call them in and tell them this. He said, don't say anything else, but tell them to fast for three days. Tell them they can have juice and they can have this and tell them what they can have and tell them to fast for three days. I'll never forget it. Three hours into the fast, she says she can't do it. He did it for three days. 
He was the totally unspiritual carnal one. Do you get the Lord's drift? Things are not always as they appear. That's why you don't counsel with people. So I was going to ask you a question. You remember that? It's a loaded question. And we're in church. And you are the temple of the Lord. What is your favorite natural thing in the whole wide world? In other words, what's your Isaac? Don't be spiritual. Give it up for three days. She's like, really? (laughs) Three days. It'll change your life. Three days. The reason that I say that is because... Most of us have yielded to the flesh so much, we don't realize how much we're yielding to the flesh. It may be your telephone. It may be your iPad. It may be your TV. It may be just like Dave said Friday night with him, just moving all the time. Just him having to sit still. It may be talking all the time. It may be cleaning all the time. It may be exercising all the time. It may be eating certain foods. It may be working all the time. Everybody has a different one. It may be yelling at your spouse all the time. Maybe losing your temper all the time. Three days isn't a lifetime. Fasting is different things. You understand that? People think fasting is not eating. Most people, that would be the least of their problems. To go without eating for three days. You see how quiet it is in here? People, their their minds are going 100 miles an hour. Can I do that? What can I do? How can I substitute? What can I put in that spot? What can I put... Three days. You think it's not important. But do you recall when the disciples, the lady brought the the child or, or whatever it was to the disciples and they couldn't cast the demon out of it? Let's look. Let's see here. Let's see, I I think I put it in here. I remembered it, but let's see if I put it in my notes. Um, I don't know if I did or not. Um, Where? Mark 9. Mark 9. Very good, thank you. Mark 9. Somebody put Mark 9 up there. They got to know a verse. Somebody find a verse. Um, Yeah. That's Matthew 17. Matthew 17. No, I want the part where it says that it comes not out only by. Yeah, there you go. Matthew 17, 21. Y'all are helping me this morning. Back up one verse. Back up two verses. Then, the, uh, yeah, uh, we could even back up more, but I think you got the picture. They brought the, the go ahead and back up some more. Um. Back up some more. Uh, back up some more. Back up some more. Uh, yeah, there you go. This woman brought her, her lunatic son. And he was sore vexed. For oftentimes he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples. Now, wait a minute. I brought him to your disciples. Now, are the disciples supposed to be pretty spiritual? 
Okay, but let me ask you a question. Stop right there. What were the disciples doing when Jesus went aside to pray and he came back to them and said, Could you not pray with me? One hour. Reckon it would have helped them if they would have been praying instead of Let's let's put a few verses together here. This says, and I brought them to him, I brought them him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Keep going. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long will I be with you, and how long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Go on. Then the disciples came to Jesus and said, why couldn't we cast him out? They wanted to know. You ever have anything in your life? You're asking the question, why can't we fix this in our life? Why hasn't this changed in my life? Why is this still sick? Why is this problem still going on? You want your answer? Okay, next verse. Because of your... Unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you'll say unto this mountain, remove hence and yonder, and it shall be removed, and nothing shall be impossible to you. Uh, where's my verse, y'all? How be it? How be it? How be it? What? Read it with me. How do you get that faith? To move God? Get that stinking flesh under control. Are you going to put up with all that crud in your life forever? Are you going to go through your whole life miserable? Are you going to go through your whole life wanting and desiring things to be different? Are you going to go through your whole life wishing you had done other things and had other things and been at a higher level in the things of God? Are you going to go through your whole life wishing you'd had more money, more things, more favor, more blessings? Spiritual things are spiritual. spiritual. They don't just fall on us like Brother Hagin used to say, like ripe cherries off a tree. They come by spending time with the Lord. They come by, Jesus would pull away his own self and spend nighttime, all night, spending time with the Lord. Jesus said, I only do those things that I see my Father do. If Jesus only did those things and walked away blessed, why would we think our lives would be any better by doing things our way than by doing things the Father's way? Do we think we have a better plan for our life than the Father has for our life? So then why wouldn't we want to find out what His plan is for our life and then just do it? It would be so much easier on us. We wouldn't have to... We wouldn't... We wouldn't have to keep falling into this ditch over here and this ditch over here and zigzagging back and forth and zigzagging back and forth like a a pinball thing. You hit this thing on this pinball on this side and hit this one on this side and you never really get to stop in the middle of the road because you're constantly being hit back and forth. Where if we'd ever just stop and say, Lord, I trust you. And I'm going to start putting my flesh under and putting this under and putting that under and not giving place to my stinking flesh. It's not ruling me anymore. And I'm going to spend some time with you. How many of you thought of something that was your Isaac? Raise your hand up real high. Don't be embarrassed. Everybody's got one. Yeah. How many of you are actually willing 
Don't lie. You're the temple of the Lord and you're in the church building and, and God sees it already. He can see through that roof. How many of you are actually going to do a three-day thing? I didn't say try. We don't try things with God. How many of you are going to actually do a three-day thing? Three days. You can do it. Because I'm going to pray over you. You can do it. Three days. What's going to happen to you when you do that is the things that you've been desiring, because you're desiring to be more spiritual, are going to become clearer to you. Answers are going to begin to come. That thing you've been praying about, that thing you've been desiring, things are going to start rolling back into your life. Things that you got away from God about. And you know when you were closer to the Lord. You know that spot. You'll start getting those answers again. You'll start getting that anointing again. The anointing of God only comes from from God. The anointing of God only comes from God. So if you want an anointing on your, on your life to be able to do something, you probably need to spend time with Him. You are the temple of the Lord. You should get up every morning and look in the mirror and say, I am the temple of the Lord. And just by even acknowledging that, just by even beginning to say that, you'll begin to be aware of the fact You're the temple of the Lord. You shouldn't look at certain things. You shouldn't do certain things. But not only that. If you're the temple of the Lord, the devil can't have stuff inside you like cancer and sickness and pain. You'll get stronger and stronger and stronger in those facts. If you're the temple of the Lord, the devil can't mess with you so much. He, you're not so easily swayed when you know that you're the temple of the Lord. You're not so easily moved to the left and to the right. I'm the temple of the Lord. You begin to hold your head up a little bit higher. I am the temple of the Lord. I am. Say it. I am the temple of the Lord. The Holy Spirit lives in me. I talk directly with Him. And snub your nose up just a little bit. Because you're snubbing it at the devil. Because you are the temple of the Lord. And the devil can't pull stuff on you just so quickly. Can you say amen? amen? Spiritual things are spiritual. Spiritual people are spiritual. To be spiritually minded... Is life and peace. To be carnally minded is death. We want to be spiritually minded. Stand up on your feet. I want to pray over you. Father, you know our hearts, you know each and every person's heart. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Every spirit in here is willing to commit to you, to give up their Isaacs for three days. So, Father, I just pray over them. And I say, greater is he that is in them than he that is in the world. And I ask the spirit in them to rise up strong during this time and let them see how big you are in them. Give them a greater grace and a greater ability than they have known. Let them see how strong you are in them. Let them be stronger than they know in you, Father. Remind them of who is in them. They are the temple of the Lord, Father. And I ask you, during this time to draw them closer to you. You said deep calls unto deep. And so, Father, I ask you to draw them unto the deep things of you during this time and answer questions that they've had, solve problems that they've had, heal bodies, Father, give revelation and wisdom, calm hearts and comfort during this time. I ask you for these things. I believe this is a leading of your spirit, Father. 
And I believe as we do this in unison, you will take us up to a higher level in you, Father. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. And everyone that agreed with that said, Amen. Amen. You guys got something you can sing?